You are greatly to be praised. Oh, it's so good to see you. Please take your seats. I am going to ask you today and uh, ask you just three things. Today, I'm going to ask you to let God's love in. Uh, Not to just know it in theory, but to open up your posture, open up your mind, open up your heart, open up your body and let God's love in. I'm just going to ask you that. And the second thing I'm going to do is ask you not to keep God's love out and to, and to share with you how serious it is when we shut God's love out. And I'm speaking to everyone today. Some Christians might be sitting there thinking, oh, pastor's going to speak to those poor people outside the church. But I'm going to say to the Christians today, let God's love in more and more. Don't block love, God's love out. And finally, I'm going to say today, let God's love through you. Let God's love through you. Well, let's look in John, 1 John chapter 4. If you'll read a few verses with me. 1 John chapter 4, and we'll read from verse 7. Listen to what John says. Dear friends, oh, then you are my friends today. Oh, I didn't miss you when I was in the United States. They've got great churches out there, but isn't it great to be here together in our, in our city? Dear friends, good friends today. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. And everyone who has been born of God and knows God, whoever does not love, does not love God. Because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, We ought to love one another. Let me say that again. Dear friends, since God loved us, we ought to love one another. We ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love has been made complete in us. I want to ask you today, let some love into your life. Let God's love into your life. Don't shut love out. And let God's love through you. Now, you know, when I was planting a church in Leek in the Staffordshire Moorlands, it's a little town just north of here, I had to get a job as a petrol station attendant, and I worked the night shift all the way through the night. And Sometimes it was really boring, and and in those days, it was a while ago, you didn't have your Bible on your phone or things like that, and I used to go to work and think, oh, what shall I I read? Well, it was one of those garages, uh, filling stations that sold everything. You could buy everything there, and they had a stand with romantic novels on it. Some of you guys will know this, Mills and Boom or Harlequin novels. 
Did anybody ever read any of those? Don't admit it in public because I'm about to. I was so bored that I started reading these romantic novels. I read about five of them. After I'd read three of them, some of you guys are laughing at me. You could do with a bit of a romantic novel, some of you. After about reading three, I noticed that there was a formula to them. And it went something like this. Rich girl or high status girl fancies and falls in love with low status boy or rogue boy or rough diamond. Or she's going out, but she's already going out with this other chap. And this other chap, he's a bit of a scoundrel or a bad person. He's very deceitful, but she doesn't know it yet. And he's going to do something in the background that's very deceitful. Of course, the formula goes, her parents don't approve of the relationship with the low-status boy. He's a farmhand or he's something like that. If there's any farmers in the place, we don't think you're low-status in Christ. <laughs> and so they don't approve. But then something happens where low-status boy or poor boy wins the day, exposes how bad the, the upper-class boy is, and saves the parents, changes everything, they fall in love, walk into the sunset happily ever after. It's a formula. And they've sold thousands of books doing that. Today... There may be some of us here struggling to know love, wondering if we've missed out on the formula, on whether or not somehow it's passed us by. And I want to say to you, I'm not going to speak to you today about a love formula, but I do want to say to you there are some scriptural truths that are unmovable that we can rely and know so that we can know love and we can have the ability to love. Although you may not believe it, and although you may not feel it, there is not one person in this room that God cannot give the resources to and the ability to be able to love and to receive love. Let love in today. You're not missed out today. In 1995... Gary, Dr. Gary Chapman wrote a book that many people have got strength from called Love Languages. And basically what he discovered was is that we receive and we express love in ways that we can do best. He said that our love languages may be words of affirmation. We receive love by people saying nice things to us. Or we may receive love through people doing acts of devotion or gifts. We may be able to receive love when people spend quality time with us or that through physical touch. He had five love languages. I got to thinking about this. God has used all of those love languages to try and communicate to you. He says these words, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Those words of affirmation. He is trying to speak into your heart today. I love you with a love that you can't almost express or understand. 
And then with gifts, God gave us his one and only son. We have the gift of eternal life. In fact, in the book of Ephesians, it says that God ascended and he scattered gifts amongst men and women. God, Jesus came and he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve you. And through, through acts of service and devotion, God has tried to say to you, I love you. I care about you. And quality time. God has your undivided, he, you have his undivided attention all the time. You know, some of us, when we've got that remote control in our hands, our, atten- our attention is not undivided, is it? Come on, guys, admit it. In fact, I think in the evolutionary process, not that we really believe that, there might be a fleshy pouch developing on the hip of a man so he can just put that remote in so he's always got it with him. But you know, you have God's undivided attention all the time. The Bible says this, call on me and I will answer and tell you great unsearchable things that you don't know. Jesus said, I am with you even to the end of the age. I love what the message version says about Jesus coming with us, about physically being with us. It says he moved into our neighborhood. Do you remember there was a woman who had an issue uh, of blood and she reached out and touched Jesus? He's somebody who wants to touch you physically and heal you and bless you. You see, God has tried to communicate his love to you in all the ways that we've discovered that we can receive it. God is trying to say, will you let love in today? Come on, will you open your heart right now? Will you open your posture? If you've got your arms folded, I know it's comfortable, but will you just go, oh, I'm letting love in. I'm I'm letting it in. I'm letting it in. I'm letting your love in, God. You've come today as a Christian, and in theory, you know it all. But why not in your mind say, you know what? I could do with some more love from you today, God. And he's saying, I've been waiting just to open up your mind so I can breathe more belonging and preciousness and love into your life. He's trying to get through to you. You may feel unloved. You may think to yourself, you've missed out on Love, your family, your background may have been quite rough, actually. But the very definition of love, in a very foundational way, is this. Jesus came, and he died for every one of us, so that you're not excluded from love. But 1 John 3.16, we often quote John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. This is how we know what love is. Jesus has laid down his life for us oh, and he's brought us into his beloved family. I don't know about you, sometimes don't you think that you feel a bit sorry for somebody who's been adopted and if you've been adopted today, you know what, that's not second status. Because in God's family, we've all been adopted. We're adopted into his family. You see, when, when we, Kathy and I were growing up, you might think, because I'm a Nigerian, we're a Christian nation, that makes me a Christian. That doesn't make you a Christian. 
Kathy and I used to think because we're English, we're in a Christian nation, so we are Christians. You can't be a Christian by just belonging to a certain nation. You have to come to a father and he has to adopt you into his family by receiving the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I'm adopted and I'm proud of being adopted today, are you? I'm adopted today. You know the Bible says he's blessed me with every spiritual blessing. Oh man, you might look across to somebody else and say, aren't they gifted and talented and blessed? And God looks at you and says, I bless you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I am so loved today. You know what? He has also made me. He doesn't just make me a co-worker. And I am a co-worker with God. He doesn't just say, you're my son. You know what he says? He says, you are a co-heir with Christ, my son. Oh, some of you are thinking, oh, that's just normal. That I'm walking with my head held high saying, I am a co-heir with the person who created the universe. He has given me such status in him. I am loved. I am a co-heir in Christ. Give somebody a high five and say, hey, co-heir. Come on, co-heir. You're a co-heir. Now, if you're struggling with the English here, what co-heir means is you're not just deputy manager in the kingdom of God. It means that you are a royal child of the king and he lifts you up to the same status of his son, making you a prince of heaven. You are a co-heir in Christ. Oh, it's worth another high five and say co-heir. It really is. You see, will you let love in today? Come on, Christian. You've been in church such a long time and you've... You know all the stuff, but will you open your mind and your posture and your heart and say, you know what, I'm going to let some more love into me today. And you see, that love will change you. It will transform you. I'm not going to just ask you to be nice to people today because I know that when you allow Christ to love you, you won't just be nice, it will transform you. You'll have the ability to love others. It becomes your foundation. It becomes what you rely on. It becomes that thing that you say, you know what, I am loved. And it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. I'm loved by the most important person in the universe. In fact, the Bible says it this way. If anyone acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them. And they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God, what he has for us. What are you relying on? What status are you relying on? What income stream are you relying on? Why can't you get out of that and say, well, God, you love me, and that's my foundation. One of the distinguishing marks of Christians, one of the differences about Christians is, is that we begin to love and grow in our ability to love all people, but especially God's people. What an unusual church we have. Who would have thought you'd be sitting in a row near Brazilian people, or Indian people, or Bulgarian people, or English people, or people from Dudley? Who would have thought that? But God gives you the ability to love all people as you grow in Christ. You know, John chapter 4 verse 12 says this, No one has ever seen God. 
But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. As you step out and let some love in, let God's love in and receive love, it becomes stronger. If you stay wrapped up, my mother used to say, you're wrapped up like a fish supper. You know, you're wrapped for those of you a second like it means how we rash, wrap our fishing chips up so tight to keep them warm while we take them home. Some of you are wrapped up tight and you need to unwrap. And you need to let God's love in. And you need to be relaxed a bit more. You need to drop your guard down. God only intends great things for you. Our church is a miracle of cultures and nations why don't we take this miracle to the next level and, and why don't we love each other more? But our first step is you've got to let some love in. And my message, you, I just feel like I want to cover you in spiritual chocolate and let God's love lick your face. <laughs> some of you need to relax and just let him in. I, I'm serious. You're too uptight. Don't start licking each other's faces right now. That's not an appropriate thing. Your first step is you've got to let God's love into your heart. And some of you have done that for many years. I'm asking you today, hey, is there some more? Vast as the ocean of God's love. Could you have some more of God's love today? Amen. How do we do that? How can we make a start? I want you to accept something. It's not a formula. I want you to accept the fact that you are included in God's love. We're not talking feelings here. Fact. God says, I include you. I am including you in my love. Fact. You have to begin to say, well, that means me. That's me. Accept that fact first. Then secondly, we let God's love in by saying, let's make that fact bigger than anything that's hurt you. Bigger than any past that you've had. Let's say, well, that's happened to me, that's happened to me, that's happened to me, but this fact is God loves me and it's bigger than all of that. And when you get that perspective, when you begin to have that perspective, then you will see that there's more going for you than there is against you. If you keep looking at what's going against you and you keep ignoring this huge fact that God loved me and died for me, he wants to bless me and fill me and direct me and purpose me and heal me and change me. If you keep looking at that which has happened more than that fact which is, then God's love is as ineffective in your life. But if you'll turn your heart, and today, can I ask you again, this is my simple message, can you let some love in? Can you let some of God's love in? In your mind right now, can you say, I'd like that, Lord. I don't even know whether you're there, but I'd like that. And his love, if you give him an invitation, he'll come to you. You begin to feel something, you begin to think something. Let love in. But I want to ask you, what happens when we keep love out? I don't know about you, but in our culture today, we use overextended language about everything, don't we? Have you noticed that everything's awesome? We go to McDonald's and say, how was it? It was awesome. <laughs> really? Everything's awesome. 
Have you seen my beans on toast? Oh, that's awesome. I've got awesome beans on toast. You know, we tend to use, and we, what we try and do is we try and be like kind to people. So we use big language because we're trying to say, I'm, I'm with you. So I, I get it. But some of us say things like, I've had a disaster. And you say, oh, what's happened? I burnt my toast. <laughs> or I missed my bus. Now that may be a kind of mini disaster or so. I get it. But we've become so used to over-the-top language that when the Bible says something serious, we don't take it serious because we are using over-the-top language in our culture all the time. Now, John in 1 John says something very serious about when we don't love each other. In fact, the example he uses is that he says when we're not loving, it's like we become like a person called Cain in the Old Testament. Now, there was a man in the Old Testament, he committed the first murder. He killed his brother. And John is saying, if you don't love, you're becoming like him. Think of it. Cain had all the benefits of knowing the father. He'd been around with Adam and Eve. He'd had, you know, God spoke to them personally in those days. He had all the benefits of the relationship with the father. Yet because of his poor attitude with God, he kills his brother. If you read the Bible carefully, Cain never has an argument with Abel, who he killed, his brother. He never argues with his brother. He has an argument with God. And that argument with God spills out so that he kills his brother. You see, I've heard, and I've done this myself, that we tend to blame why we can't love a certain type of person. And we blame it on that person, but actually... I want to put it to you today that perhaps we don't love people, not because the other people aren't lovable, it's because our relationship with God isn't strong enough. And our letting God's love into our life isn't strong enough. That it's our relationship with God that's suffering, not that person. If we don't love, John says, we become like a murderer. Seriously, John? A murderer? If you think about it, murder is cutting somebody off and Denying them life. I wonder in our lives whether we've turned our back on somebody. Cut them off. Denied them our gifts, our life, our talents that they may need to help them to become all that they need to become. Jesus makes the same point. He says, if you become angry with someone, you'll also suffer judgment. You see... John takes this so seriously because us not loving means that it damages our relationship with God. God takes loving so seriously because it does the damage with our relationship to him. So I don't want you to think today, well, Pastor Mark, he's just being nice. He's just trying to cover me in spiritual chocolate. I'm actually trying to save you from breaking your relationship with God. Another really serious issue is when we don't love people, our fears increase. We begin to live in a fearful state. In fact, 1 John 4 verse 18 says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is is not made perfect in love. You see, when we don't allow God's love to work in us and through us, we develop this kind of 
oh, this is too good to be true attitude. Have you ever had that? When people uh, offer you something, perhaps a restaurant offers you a, a deal or, or something, you say, oh, this is too good to be true. Well, we get like that with God. We kind of say, this Christianity, it, it, can, it almost sounds too good to be true. It's because we've not let love in and we start fearing that God is going to punish us anyway. That God's not quite as good as he says he is because our love tank is quite low. But when you know him, he doesn't let you down. When you open up. So can I ask you again, are you going to let some more love in today? Come on, square your shoulders a bit. Open your heart. Feel your breathing. Begin to say to yourself, I'm letting you in, God. Come on, say to yourself, I'm letting you in, God. I'm saying more of God in my life because God is love. You see, I think that when we don't allow love in, we start living in the fear of rejection. Now, Jesus told us we would be rejected by some people because of our faith, and you will all experience a measure of rejection. But you know what? There are some people who come into every social setting with a kind of guarded attitude that these people won't like me. I'm afraid and I'm fearful, I'm closed, I'm guarded, and they're guarded with everyone. Jesus said, yeah, you'll, you'll have some rejection on my account. But we're not to live in this fear that everyone is going to reject me. Especially in the body of Christ. Especially in the church here. Let's fight this fear of rejection. Let's understand that we are so deeply loved chosen by God you're already chosen so why should you be afraid of anybody who rejects you God already says you're precious so why if somebody treats you as if you're cheap why should you receive their opinion above God's opinion I'm chosen I don't know about you, when we were growing up in Great Britain, we had PE lessons. There'd always be like two teams and then the two best sports people would pick teams. And I was usually one of the last to be chosen. Well, some of you live your lives like that. You're standing in the PE line going, pick me, pick me, pick me, feeling you're the last one to be chosen. And I want to say to you, you are already chosen. God, the most important person, he's already chosen you. So stop waiting on other people to affirm you, validate you, choose you. You're chosen, loved, and honored by God. So let's receive his love rather than this fear of, these people are not going to like me. Who cares whether they like you? God loves you. He loves you. So I want to say it again to you. Will you let God's love in today? Can you untangle yourself? Can you put down your God? Unravel us, Lord. Yeah. You see, if you don't let God's love in, God says you're like Cain. If you don't let God's love in, your fears grow. But you know what? If we don't let God's love in, it's a bad witness. The people in the world out there, they don't believe a word we say if we don't love each other. Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples.
by the love you have one for another. It's by our love that we care about each other. That's our witness. If you don't let love in, it's just a plain old bad witness. So today, I've asked you to let love in. I'm trying to convince you not to keep love out. So in closing today, in just a few moments, I want to say, will you let love through? Will you let God's love work through you? You see, you can let God's love move through you so it spills out to others. He gives you the ability, no matter how damaged you might feel that you are, or how difficult your upbringing has been, but your starting place is not your culture, it's not your background, but the fact that God loved you first. Look at this powerful and simple truth. Look at 1 John 4 verse 19. It says, we love because he first loved us. That's your starting point. I know you've been hurt. I know that some people have even suffered terrible things. Don't start there in your abuse. Let's start with the fact we can love because he loved us first. He went to that cross was disfigured, beaten and broken, so that he could say to you, I love you and your life is worth it and it's precious to me. The real direction of travel for God's love though is that God works it in us so that he can work it through us. It starts off as an attitude. It starts off as a a thought and a, perhaps a little feeling that says, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to open up to that. And right now, in this place, you can start that process. You can begin to start to say to God, okay, work that love in me. But if you'll give in to that attitude and you'll, you'll grow in that attitude, it won't stay there. In fact... Did you know that all of your strong attitudes, all of your strong attitudes, they eventually work themselves out in actions. If you have a strong attitude against someone, eventually you will act accordingly to that person. Think of Cain. He had a bad attitude to God. A jealous attitude to his brother. And it played out in an action. A terrible action. Your attitude, if you'll start submitting and feeding the right attitude, some actions will follow. Some of you are trying to act right, but you're holding on to an attitude that's feeding and sapping your strength so that you can't act right. You're thinking, why can't I love that person? It's because your attitude to that person isn't changed. You haven't asked God to say, well, God, help me to forgive them. Think of Christ. His attitude, his feelings, and his thoughts were good towards us. And those attitudes and words and thoughts led him to the action of the cross. Why was he able to say to Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. 
And yet, when Father said, no, I'm not taking it from you, that he could follow through, is because his attitude was right, then his actions could follow. All of your strong attitudes will cause an action. So today, will you allow God to break up some attitudes in your life, give you some new thoughts, and then you can move from thoughts and feelings to some practical actions. When I first fell in love with Kathy, I didn't go up to her and kiss her straight away. It started as a thought. I went, oh, she's nice. And then it became a feeling. And I'm not going to carry on with anything else. The Bible says it this way. This is how we know what love is. We know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. That's love. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. The people sitting around you, you have to love them so much that your life would be sacrificed for them. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother and sister in need and has no pity on them, how, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love just with words or speech, but in actions and in truth. You see, this is why I want you to do the giveaway. Church, this is why I want us to give our money away. So that we can not just say we're a loving church, that we'll be a loving church in our actions. So today, would you let God give you a little mind change? And then your words will become actions. You see, our love starts to move through us when we feed the right attitudes. Like simple submission. Like saying, okay, I'm going to give in. I'm going to stop not forgiving that person. I'm just going to give in and let you have that. I'm not going to be a prisoner. I know that what that person did was, was wrong, but I'm not going to be held prison by it anymore. I'm going to let it go. And as you let it go, your actions will follow. Like Christ submitted. He submitted to God and then he could be obedient. That submission becomes practical, sacrificing love that honors people that will respond to hey, can you still focus with me and then stand to your feet with me? Would that be okay? I just want to give you three practical endings to this message. Let's stand, shall we? Number one, would you ask God to work on your attitudes? Would you ask God perhaps to give away some hardness or some unforgiveness? Would you right now think about that that person at work who is is cruel to you, would you right now in your mind say, you know what, God, bless them? Would you just do that right now? You see, we can't love just in words. But those words will only become actions if you change your attitude. Would you say, if you're disappointed in one of your children, would you give that disappointment to God now and say, God, help me to love them? Would you change? 
The second thing I want to ask you to do is would you ask God, which is the small action that you can express love to someone this week? Have you got the Grinch that works for you and works with you? Would you go into work and say, good morning, have a nice day? Could that be the small action? You've been ignoring them because they've been ignoring you. But why don't you break, the br- break it and make the bridge? And why don't you do a small action today? What about here in church? Why don't you stay two minutes longer than you normally do instead of scooting home to your very important Sunday lunch because, after all, Sunday lunch can never, ever be compromised. Why don't you stay two minutes? Just a small two minutes and just be kind to somebody here. Perhaps somebody who's just moved to Birmingham and they don't know their way around and you could tell them where to go. It's a small thing. What's that little small thing that you know you should do and you haven't been doing? You've been missing somebody out. You've been turning your back on them. I don't want to say that you're Cain, but it can become that. So first of all, why don't we just lift our hands to God and say, God, take my attitudes. Maybe there's somebody you need to forgive. Maybe there's a small action that you need to express, love. Holy Spirit, would you move over these lovely people? Should we do something different, church? If you're here for the first time, we just want to welcome you. But you know what? Why don't we... I'm going to do, two th- I'm going to do three things. The last two things are, in a few moments, I'm going to ask you if you've got a prayer need, then you can come and be prayed for by our elders and our prayer team. And I'm going to ask in a few moments, in fact, I'm going to ask it now, is there anybody here, you've heard me speak about how much God loves you, and you would like to say, I would like to let that love in for the first time. Is there anybody here where you'd like to say, yeah, I'd like to let God's love in? And I've never done that before. Is there anybody here at all? Christians, I want to encourage you. Bring people to church. People need to hear these messages. Bring your friends who are non-Christians. We've got a great speaker next week. He's going to bless you. Bring your friends. Is there anybody here? You just raise your hand with me and you'd say, I'd like to let Jesus' love in anybody at all I can't see any hands so I'm assuming that everybody has let Jesus into their lives please don't leave this place and you haven't let Jesus' love into your life he loves you so much now he'll help you with questions of suffering and he'll help you with all of that he will train you and teach you how you can know that it breaks his heart as much as it has broken your heart. And he'll train you and let you know that he's been with you even in your private sufferings. And he's brought you to this place so he can heal you from those things that other people have damaged you. He'll coach you and train you in all of that. So with all your questions, 
Don't not accept his love because you're saying, why this God? Why don't you just open up your heart? We promise you there is an answer to those questions. But why don't you open up your heart now? Is there anybody here you want to just say, Pastor Mark, I would like to let love in. Just raise your hand. We love you, Jesus. So everybody else, put your hands out like this, if you will. Say, come and fill me with your love, Lord. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to walk in strength. Fill me, Lord. Let's just sing that song, I Give Myself Away, and then I'm going to ask you to do something really important. Thanks, Kenny. I love you so much today.